Hello, it's Paul Scott here with my weekend podcasts on the 8th of July 2023. Uh, This is part one where I talk about individual companies that we've covered in the Stockopedia.com small cap value reports, which I've been writing now for about 11 years, uh, ably assisted by Graham Neary and Roland Head. Um, what have we got then? So, yeah, the market's overall another really difficult week, isn't it? AIM, all shares now down 13% year to date. But we've got to remember that was on top of a very poor 2022 as well. So I'm taking these figures just off the charts on the Stockopedia browse section. So they're only rough. Um, now, also, the AIM all share is down 42% from the mid-2021 highs. So... If this feels like a savage bear market for small cap investors, that's because it is. It's horrible. Um, But I noticed this week also the FTSE 100 took a tumble. That's now down about 6% year to date at about 7.2 something or other. And the mid caps are about 7% down year to date. So obviously the main worry on everyone's mind is how much higher interest rates going to go. And are we going to go into a recession? So those are the uh, obviously the the bare points. But let's cover that in the macro section. So right, let's crack on with um, the, my summaries of the small cap value reports. Monday, third of July, we covered seven companies. I commented briefly on Me Group, which is M E G P. This used to be the um, what was it called? Photo Me. It's photo booth operator, but also has. Um, a very good and quite significant, actually, sideline in um, self-service laundry machines and quite a few other smaller uh, vending-type uh, machines, self-service machines. It's it's a really interesting company, owner-managed. I'm very positive on the share, and I m- remain very positive. I think it's uh, growth at reasonable price. And it announced a small acquisition in Japan where it's buying up Fujifilm's um, photo booths, which is only just trading above break-even, but um, obviously eliminating presumably loss-making booths and combining the, 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 the costs, the overheads, means that Me Group reckons it's going to get $2.2 million a year extra profit out of it, and it's only paid, I think, $5.5 million for the deal. So that looks a very canny deal. Um, not material, but it's nice to have. What else did I look at? Oh, take of a bid for your gene health, Y-G-E-N. This was um, a COVID wonder stock, which has fizzled out. Um, the bid is a large percentage premium, 168% premium, but it's only at 0.522 pence cash. So, um, you know, it's it's been a disastrous investment. Now, Novasight is buying it, N-C-Y-T, which trades way below its net cash pile. This was another COVID boom and bust share. One of the readers pointed out that the reason it's trading way below its cash pile is because there's, I think, uh, HMRC or the government or some something like that has a large potential claim against it. So that cash pile may not survive that. Now, I had a quick look at Eagle Eye Solutions, EYE, that I hold this personally. I'll always disclose if I have a personal holding. Um, yeah, I like this one. It's um, a very interesting structural growth company growing quite rapidly. It's signed a five-year contract with Morrison's. It's got a, a, a who's who of major grocery retailers as its clients, not just in the UK, but abroad as well. And it does these loyalty schemes, and it seems to be 
really the the sector or maybe even world leader in that niche um and these are very sticky revenues repeat revenues um i think it's a really interesting company but it's not cheap so anyway it wasn't clear from this announcement if the morrison's deal was an enhancement of an existing contract or a complete new win i wasn't quite clear on that but anyway i think i think eagle eye in order to maintain its premium valuation it does need to keep the good news flow coming which it does and i also highlighted the growth share plan i hate growth share plans i think they're totally wrong totally immoral but in this case i went through the numbers of it uh this is where they they create an intermediary holding company and give management shares in in that which is oh god it's just a horrible concept but anyway in this case the share price targets are very very stretched targets and actually the dilution isn't that great and if they hit the targets will all be uh, we will have all had the bunting out for some time so actually in this case i can i can live with the the growth plan blanco technologies bltg this is the software deletion specialist actually not bad trading i don't like the company historically there have been a lot of problems and the accounting was too aggressive but actually it does look like it's turned around quite nicely haven't looked at it for 18 months so see monday's report 3rd of july for my thoughts on that um, I think it was ahead of expectations. Yeah, full year results expected to be above market expectations. So I, I run the slide rule over, over over that one. As usual, I look at cash flow and balance sheets as well, which you can't normally get anywhere else. And Graham had a look at science in sport, SIS. The shares were suspended, but they actually came back a couple of days later, a short delay on the audit. I've had a quick look at it this morning, and I think it's probably going to need another fundraise. It does have a facility, um, but it looks like it's burning through cash. But the capex seems to have been largely done. I don't know. I mean, reasonable turnover. This makes some sort of sports nutrition drinks. I think they're drinks. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Decent level of revenue, but it's never really turned a profit. So Graham says Graham was kind of keeping an open mind on science and sport about the potential turnaround. But he says here he's losing faith in it. Central NIC, another quite interesting stroke controversial company, CNIC. Uh, which I looked at, and Graham looked at that. They've massively scaled up the share buyback from uh, $4 million to $34 million, which is interesting for a company that's also got a lot of gross cash and a lot of gross debt, So, which I still can't fathom. So question marks over whether the profits and cash flows are sustainable at Central Nick, but I think it does actually make genuine cash flows. I'm just not convinced they're sustainable. Graham had a look at Porver. We like this company making the specialist filtration um, equipment, um, re- repeat purchasing from customers from various sectors. We do like Porver. We just can't fathom the, the, the rating. You know, in this sort of market, when you can get, you know, a lot of shares, in higher interest rates, a lot of shares are derating. And you can't pay 19, 20 times for something that, you know, is not generating stellar growth. It, it's, it's got nice long-term growth, Paul Vare has. We just, we're just quibbling over the valuation. We think valuations need to be lower if you think interest rates are going to remain high. Of course, if you think we're going back to QE and low interest rates, then some of these things could re-rate back up again. But Paul Vare hasn't re- derated enough, in my opinion, and Graham seems to think the same thing, which we usually do. We normally agree on nearly everything. Reader comments. Oh, somebody asked about Harland and Wolf, H-A-R-L. So I did a brief review of the 22 results, which look horrendous to me. 
uh, terrible, terrible balance sheet. It's entirely reliant on this um, green loan that it's got from somewhere. I don't know who in the right mind would be lending to, 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 to the company. But anyway, there we are. So I think the equity is probably worth nothing. But it might be a good fun speculation. I don't know. So, yeah, that's obviously the engineering shipyard, the famous Harland and Wolf. It's just very high risk, so uh, be aware of the risks if you do decide to have a punt on it. I wouldn't personally. Some of the readers are discussing other shares in the uh, Small Cap Value Report comments section, which is fine. We don't have any problem at all. In fact, we like people to discuss any 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 shares they like. The Shanta Gold is one that come off that came up. I don't uh, cover the resources sector, but it's absolutely fine for the readers to discuss um, shares if they want to. And Wolf of Small Street, again, I seem to mention him every week at the moment, put up another terrific post where he put up some very interesting um, charts of the indices and uh, some some nice pithy commentary with each chart, which is very helpful. I think it got more thumbs up than the, the my article, <laughs> 135. I don't, I don't mind that. You know, the, the readers love it, so keep it coming. Thank you, Wolfie. Lots of other really interesting reader comments actually on Monday, so thanks everyone to that. It's just going from strength to strength, I think. And uh, the reader's mentioning Wednesday. This is the Fertilisers Agricultural Business, WYN. We didn't actually get around to covering that one on Monday, but I've just looked at it now, and the interim results, they look okay. Yeah, I think the valuation's probably about right. Very interesting commentary with, oh, lovely balance sheet, lots and lots of... Um, working capital within Wednesday's balance sheet, which could attract a bidder, maybe, WYN, um, who wants to, you know, basically it's it's a bank for its customers, giving them, uh, the, that's what the receivables book is, really, giving them credit on their purchases. I think it's a good, solid, steady business. Very interesting macro comments as well about the food and farming industry in there. Um, in their narrative, which I've just had a look at. Apparently milk is being sold to the supermarkets at uneconomic prices at the moment, they're saying. But also the price of fertiliser has dropped a lot, which obviously has hit Wednesday's profits. They're roughly half from the prior year, but that was as expected. So um, no particular um, surprise there. And of course, you know, with fertiliser now much cheaper, that in time is going to feed through, isn't it, to... um, hopefully negative inflation in food prices maybe next year i don't know but that if it if it stays down it's very closely linked to the price of gas i believe fertilizer from a lunch i had with a farmer who told me all about this about two years ago and said you know you need to get ready for much much higher food prices so uh i would suggest you know it's it's well worth having an occasional lunch with a farmer to find out what's going on in the real world <laughs> Right, on to Tuesday, the 4th of July. Absolutely loads of companies reporting, so we only managed about half of them. One of the companies we didn't manage to cover, which I think actually I just want to flag up to you as being worth a fresh look, is Solid State. Um, the finals came out slightly ahead. Now, I hadn't realised how much this had grown. I looked at the stock report on Stockopedia and saw the trend you know, of revenue and profitability really, really rising strongly and uh, I had a nice discussion with one of the readers about this and they said uh, it's it's just a, a, a very well run off the radar sort of business that's making good acquisitions and it's ruggedized electronics equipment is in a lot of demand at the moment so I think that one might be worth a fresh look actually solid state. Graham looked at Duke Royalty and uh, he quite likes that. I looked at Kitwave, um, interim results, very positive. I'm green on this one. We've been saying positive things about Kitwave. It's a wholesaler of um, 
fresh and frozen food to um, sort of ice creams and th- things like that. And it's making self-funded acquisitions. Seems very well run by a veteran founder CEO. Um, uh, the forecasts were increased as well and all looking great. But then, bang, suddenly large director sales announced, including the FD selling half his holding for about £1.5 million. The total was £3.3 million of director sales. Now, that's obviously going to go down like a bag of sick with the market, isn't it? Um, and it was a pity because the shares were, were doing very nicely and in a lovely uptrend, but they've really been walloped by that. And I don't blame people taking some money off the table. If the directors are taking some money off the table, particularly the FD, taking half his money off the table, you do think to yourself, don't you, well, the growth potential uh, obviously isn't as exciting as we thought it was. Otherwise, the FD would uh, keep keep his money in there. I could understand if they top slice, you know, to buy a nice, uh, a bigger house or something, but selling half of them from the FD... I think that's quite a, a, a red flag, personally. Although I believe the founder still has very large stake in Kitwave. Graham looked at Strix. This is the kettle controls thing. Um, I've never quite grasped or... I've never liked that one, personally. I don't like the accounting or the strategy. Then Restore, I looked at... Oh, this was a profit warning. Don't Restore, R-S-T. This is the core business, is the... Um, storing paper in you know underground salt mines and nuclear bunkers and things for solicitors and accountants who can't destroy the paperwork it has to be stored for long periods and capable of being accessed um and they've done a a whole bunch of bolt-on acquisitions and things like bulk digital scanning of documents um, recycling of IT, but it really looks as if the wheels have come off on the acquisition strategy. Uh, it's down a ha- huge amount from previous highs when it was seen as an exciting growth story. It's, it was down 30% on the day on Tuesday, 4th of July, to £1.61. So I, I ran my um, slide rule over it. I think it's maybe potentially coming into buying range, Restore. I wouldn't be surprised to see a bit of a bounce um, at some point, but the CEO stepped down, so um, you know it's. Uh, I, I think I think solvency looked okay, um, and it also it fought off uh, t- a takeover bid from Marlowe uh, earlier this year. So I wonder if bid interest could resume in the company. Now, obviously, it's in a much much weaker position, and it's much cheaper. So it might be worth you having a look at Restore as a bit of a special situation, and the core business still seems to be doing all right. The um, the profit warning came from the other bolt-on acquisitions and debt, I think, was just about OK, but I can't remember. Now, another problem company, Naked Wines, W-I-N-E, that dropped 11% to 88.5p, and it's carried on dropping. It closed the week at 80p. Uh, there was a profit warning, basically, and some board changes. The founder, Mr... Uh, is it Rowan Gormley, I think? He's coming back. So he was the founder CEO, and he's coming back as chairman. So it looks like the CEO is staying put. Um, And it reiterates guidance for March 2023. This is the uh, subscription wine thing where you uh, so-called angels, investors, um, fund and promote the production of wine from niche vineyards. That's the idea anyway. I don't know how much of that actually is still happening or whether it's just, you know, turning into one of these generic... um, uh, online wine 
subscription models, which I don't think really works. You know, Virgin Wines has has the shares have crapped out, and they've had internal problems there as well. Your big problem with these online wine companies is they're constantly having to spend on them big on the marketing because of the customer churn. Naked Wines span this yarn for several years about how the core customers were immensely profitable for it, and but but I think that's been completely disproven by the numbers now. It's just you know it's not really making any money. It's got big write downs on the inventories as well, hugely overstocked, and they've spent the customers' cash. Um, so our, um, the accounts are delayed. I've said maybe on a going concern wording. I'm speculating soft current trading. And they're going to have a revised strategy to attempt to generate more growth. But that costs money. Where's the money going to come from? It's spent most of the cash. So I think there's a lot of balance sheet risk here. They need to get those inventories down big time. And I think to do that, they'll probably have to take a massive write-off on the stock. And, and often when you when you get a new, new leadership, they kitchen sink the accounts, don't they? So I think Naked Wines is pretty risky, actually. I'd be careful with that one. But obviously, if they get it back on track and they can convince the market that it's a growth story again, you've got your 5 or 10 bagger. But you've got to work out how likely that is. I think it's unlikely. But good luck to them. I hope Mr Gormley is able to turn it around. And certainly a motivated founder coming back into their business. You know, if, if anyone can do it, he probably can. So good luck to him. Oh, I briefly commented as well. There's a very negative story in the Telegraph about the founder of Cakebox, CBOX, the franchise um, vegan uh, egg-free cake company, which looks very interesting. The figures are not bad, although profits were down in the most recent accounts. But I think it's a good, credible growth story, that one. But turns out he's in court accused of felling 132 trees in woodland to make in 2021 to make room for his new build luxury house well that doesn't sound very good at all does it i'm sorry but you know people don't like that sort of thing and reputationally if if he's found guilty of course we don't know that but uh, i think that that reflects very badly on um, the company actually particularly as it had kate box had accounting scandals which were pretty bad last year and a dishonest CFO who sold banked a few million quid on his shares just before uh, you know very negative audit comments were re- revealed and I think the auditors might have even resigned I think they seem to fix those problems on the accounting scandal but the last thing you want is another scandal about um, this wanton destruction of woodland uh, just so we can have a flashy mansion so that's gone down like a bag of sick as well Interest, interesting one here, Kooth, K-O-O, the mental health app, which um very uh, topical, of course. Now, very, very interesting. Um, I must disclose here as well, with my uh, the speculative element of my portfolio, which is smallish, but I have taken a little punt on this with a, a, a starter size, not even a standard position size, like a half position size, just to just to dip my toe in and have a bit of fun. Now, it announced a placing and a contract win. The contract win's huge, um, up to, I think, $188 million over four years for children, all children in California. Well, that's massive, isn't it? I mean, look, we don't know how it's going to pe- uh, plan out, and there were <coughs> some very interesting reader comments from somebody who's had experience of using the uh, uh, commissioning the app in the UK, who was a bit sceptical, saying, you know, it tends, take up of it tends not to be that good uh, or not that recurring. But I think to have won a contract to, to, to supply 
this app to all of the and the sports services. It needs to recruit 200 people um, to get the program up and running, which is why they needed to do this placing. Oh, that was it. The placing was at, at a 15% premium to raise 10 million, which is obviously very little. But you know, to raise it at a premium, that tells you investors were. We're we're jockeying with each other to try and get in on this. So on that basis, raising the funds at a premium and a huge contract win, which had been in the pipeline, so it wasn't completely new news on the contract win. But I said here I thought the price would go up uh, from two pound sixty one to between three pound and four pound, and it did. It ended the week, ended the day at about three pound forty odd. I bought around that price uh, because obviously it gapped up, and then there was a wide spread. So. but yeah, I think Cooth, um a nice little punt, that one, I think. What they're dangling in front of us, of course, is, the, is the, the carrot, is that if it goes well in California, you know, then that's going to be an amazing reference site for potential contract wins in uh, in the whole of the, U- the US, isn't it? Where they're much more tuned in to, I think, uh, helping m- with mental health than maybe we are in the UK. We always follow, don't we, several decades on, it seems, good and bad things from America. But... Uh, <coughs> yeah, I think that, I think Cooth could be quite interesting. More of a speculation at this stage, because obviously it's going to be running at a at a loss, isn't it? And cash burning, and maybe it'll need another fundraise. So I, I don't think personally I'd want to hold a significant position in it, nor really for the long term. But I just think it could be it could be a nice little uh, speculation that one. We all like to have a bit of fun, don't we? I mean, I don't have to follow a value gap approach. That's that's the theme of the small cap value reports. But with my own money, I sort of I sort of divide it up, and I have probably at least half, I would say, in value gap shares. But then the other half, I'd like to do what I like with it. So I'll maybe dip dip into some small caps occasionally. Uh, sorry, but dip into mid caps occasionally, some large caps as well, and some punts. Um, you know, it's it's fun having a punt on things, and sometimes they work, and as long as they've got enough cash for the time being, then the punty-type shares, particularly where they've got great news flow kicking in, I think can be quite fun. And, you know, if they double, you sell half, don't you? And then you've got the rest to run for free. So I don't, I don't think we need to necessarily be wedded to just one approach. We can all do things however we like, can't we? It's our money. Now, thank you to um, our member subscriber, Joshua Bull, who wrote, who's a relatively new member, joined this year. So welcome to Stockopedia, Joshua. Excellent post on Naked Wines, pointing out to me that his understanding is that the the customers put the cash in to fund the wine producers. So instead of, I was expecting to see the customer's cash in an escrow account, which it's not, it's all been spent. But as Joshua points out, very good point, the cash has been used to fund the production of the wine. So actually, the customer's money is effectively in the inventories rather than in the cash. I thought that was a very good um, point, so thank you for flagging that. I think he's a bit too... uh, bullish in the rest of his post though i have to say but look you know we'll we'll see it's great to have um contrary views we love bull bear debates on all all the shares we cover it's great you know don't feel i don't want people to feel they have to agree with me i like it when people say ah but what about this or we haven't thought about that paul that's what we want we want um a rounded discussion on everything because obviously i can't be an expert on 500 plus companies can i you know i'm just doing overviews hence the why DROM research is not just a slogan or a disclaimer it's absolutely vital because i can just cover the key numbers but the but, but the clever bit about investing is spotting companies that are 
really, you know, uh, uh, there's something underlying it in terms of products and management and so on that it may not be necessarily be evident in the numbers. So that's really the second stage after I've done the initial numbers of the review and said, OK, there's nothing to worry about here. Over to you to do the proper detailed research. Oh, here we are. I've just found the comment on Solid State giving me some useful background on that. That was from Hedgecutter. So thanks, Hedgecutter. And um, gosh, you've been a member since 2014. Wonderful. Thank you. Oh, and just a bit of light-hearted stuff. After we'd finished talking about shares later in the day, Berksby asked me how the uh, how the XJS my XJS convertible was getting on because uh, it failed its MOT and I had to fix all the little bits and bobs myself. Well, I'm delighted to inform podcast readers the XJS passed on on the retest. So uh, I was wafting around the Dorset countryside um, with a new, newly road legal. Um, lovely classic convertible so yes that made me very happy and we also have caper four here who uh, says i'm in the wine business and uh, uh, he doesn't rate naked wines at all and he says i don't know why anyone would invest in this business just one opinion of course yes I, i i do know other people who buy wines from naked wines and who like them i i sampled them myself i um tried out i always try out company mystery shop companies like this i've tried out naked wine twice once when it first listed and once more recently and i've tried virgin wines as well and i have to say in both cases the wines were okay nothing special you know i can't see why you would uh subscribe and the problem i had with naked wine is that all the interesting vineyards that i researched on their website it then said oh you know it's all booked up all sold so it was a complete waste of time to me going through and looking at the various vineyards. Vineyards, I couldn't really care less where the wine comes from. I just like it to taste nice. We, we, me and my brother tend to drink Malbec at the moment. Um, well, I, I gave my, I'm actually on dry June and dry July at the moment, but I had family visiting this week, so I did, uh, I did uh, give myself a free pass for three days. But I only, I only had about four or five glasses of wine in total over three days, which I think is all right, isn't it? So, yeah, the, the dry June, July thing's going very well, actually. I recommend it. It's good to have a... a re- if, like me, you, you're a bit too fond of the vino and you tend to binge drink too often, then uh, just having a good old clear-out for a month or two is, is an excellent idea, I think. Right, speeding up a bit, because I'm waffling as usual, on to Wednesday, 5th of July, Graham looked at Cairn Homes, C-R-N. This is an Irish house builder. <coughs> and now, as you know, Graham's based in Ireland, so he's got that um, uh, local knowledge. So he wrote up a very, very interesting review of that. Uh, worth having a look at that. Uh, he also looked at Smoove, which is spelt S-M-O-O-V-E. Ticker is S-M-V. Now, um, this, I think both of us think, is potentially interesting. It is cash burning. It does software, specialised software, I think for the conveyancing and remortgaging type of market. And it does look like they've got an interesting product. Um, but it's it's the usual problem, cash burning, you know, having to do re- repeated uh, fundraisers. Now, apparently it's got an Australi- Australian business sniffing around it as a potential bidder. Anyway, um, have a look at the final uh, at Wednesday's report for Graham's review of the final results. Uh, I looked at Supreme, S-U-P. But, um, this is the results for March 2023, which were in line, I think. 
But more importantly, this is the the main business within Supreme. Very good entrepreneur who runs this. Very impressive entrepreneurial founder management with a big stake in the business. Uh, too much, actually. 57% is too high. I'd like to see that reduce. Um, now, the shares rose strongly to up 12% to 117 pence for Supreme. It's got a lighting division and a batteries division as well. He basically identifies gaps in the market where you can distribute or even manufacture products with high margins and then distribute them out to um, a, a multitude of, of, of retailers, large and small. And it looks a really good business, I have to say. And Now, significantly ahead outlook statement for the current year, which is March 2024. So we love significantly ahead outlooks. And, I, and I've basically said, look, this thing's cheap still. The forward PE is under 10. The balance sheet's OK. But you've got to decide for yourself. I'm not going to preach or virtue signal. Do you want to invest in a business that sells vaping products? Personally, I don't. I think it's an absolute curse on humanity. Nicotine is and in any form. And I don't accept that it's better than... than well, it probably, it probably is better than smoking cigarettes. But we don't actually know. And also the long-term effect. But also I think a lot of kids are taking it up. Um, who who weren't smoking, so it's not a smoking cessation product. Maybe it should be on prescription only. I think I think one country has done that at least. I believe so. It's up to you. Look, up to you whether you're happy with uh, to make money from a vaping company. I'm not. Then, but it's a good. The figures are great. Ready Northgate down eight percent to three forty seven. This is a larger company within our. 10 million to 1 billion um, range, which covers 40% of mid caps, of course, not just small caps. This is 866 million. It's a high, it's two businesses. It's the credit hire accident, no fault accident uh, business, the original ready business, and it's Northgate is a van hire business. The two sit together quite well, I think, and it, I liked its preliminary results. I no idea why the shares fell 8%. On the results, the PE is now only 6.2 and the yield is higher, 6.9%, plus buybacks. It's a cash machine, this thing is. I think it looks very cheap, but I'm uh, one, of the, the, one of the issues I thought might be uh, the reason for it being so cheap is the second-hand value of the vehicles. It's made quite significant disposal profits in the last couple of years because second-hand vehicles have been um, gone up in price, you know. But that's likely to reverse gradually over the next two years, they're saying. Um, so that could mean that the profit on disposals could morph into losses in future years, which would bring profits down a lot. Now, interestingly, on the balance sheet, a lot of the bond debt is really, really cheap. They're only paying something like 1.2%. And that's going to uh, carry on for another four, four... I think it was four to seven or eight years so what a what a great result whoever the fd was who locked in those cheap debt rates deserves a substantial bonus i have to say uh, rock solid balance sheet at ready northgate it's just a classic value share uh, but you have to make up your own mind whether you think the profits are sustainable or not because the market seems to be signaling with a very very cheap uh, pe that maybe the profits are not sustainable Equals, this is one of the Forex um, specialist banking type uh, operators, uh, niche thing. There. I mean, they're all doing well, all these Forex dealers are, and it's up 3% to 99p. I know, I understand the bull case on this. Paul Hill never stops going on about it. <laughs> but um, it just, it, it is putting out great updates. This latest trading update says at least in line, 
you know, I th- an upside risk to the forecasts. Um, an acquisition in Belgium opens up the eurozone because it's got the banking uh, small acquisition. It's got then the, the sort of you know the permissions to operate within Belgium. It looks very interesting. I think it's worth investigating further. Um, I've decided I'm personally not going to invest in it, but I don't think I I, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. It's just not my sector. So, uh, but I do think it looks very interesting. So have a look at equals EQLS. Uh, pay point. Oh, oh, I looked at this um, down two percent to four five eight. Very much like ready. This is a um, <clears throat> super cheap on P uh, and dividend basis. We're green on this one. We think it looks very very good. Uh, the permanent question over PayPoint, though, is whether the core business, which is the electricity and gas prepayment keycard uh, machines in in corner shops, you know, that people load up their people uncredit, you know, people who can't get credit from the electricity companies have to use these keycards. I've used them myself when I was. Uh, uh, down on my luck in 2008 not through choice it was just the previous tenant of the flat I was renting in Brighton had keycard meters in and I I just I didn't think to get them changed I just thought oh well that's what that's how you pay for the electricity here so I used them for about four years very stressful very horrible to be budgeting and seeing you've only got £1.23 of electric left and what are you going to turn off and everything so I really feel for people who are in fuel pro- poverty I've experienced it it's bloody horrible but as for PayPoint shares, I know they're trying to diversify. We had some negative reader comments about the bid it did for Appreciate, the uh, which is the, um, what do you call it, savings gift card type business. I actually thought that was quite a good acquisition, but opinions seem to differ on that. But, uh, but PayPoint, for value investors, you've got to have a look at PayPoint. It looks so cheap and you get, you know, wonderful dividends. Right, on Thursday, Graham did the heavy lifting, but I still managed to do two sections on Thursday because I had three family members staying with me in my flat uh, and a lot going on around me with three people chatting and making breakfast and things while I was trying to do the uh, the uh, small cap, write the small cap early reports on, on Thursday and Friday. But I think it balanced up uh, pretty well. And we went to Corfe Castle in the afternoon, had a lovely uh, mooch round there and a cream tea and things. So, yeah, it was really nice combining work with family visiting, which uh, is possible if you get up really, really early while they're still in bed. <laughs> anyway, uh, Graham looked at T. Clark, CTO. Now, this dropped 6% on a uh, trading update. I have a feeling it did a placing. Yes, here we are. Now, as Graham says, you know, the fact they've done a placing undermines my, that's Graham's, confidence in the cheapness of these shares. I agree, actually, because CTO, this is the electrical contracting business that does large, complex um, fit-outs for office blocks and and that sort of stuff uh, on wafer-thin margins, uh, but it is expert in its field. Um, And it's been, you know, it's it's been paying dividends, but it's got this very large balance sheet with lots of receivables and lots of payables, so not actually that much equity there. And the fact that they're now doing a placing, I think, really does undermine it. You know, it's to my mind, it's not an income share if it had a, a, a high-yielding company that then has to raise fresh equity for operational purposes. So I'm, I'm you know, too low margin, and I don't think I, I agree. Graham's amber on it, which is fair, I think. 
Uh, now, I looked at Robert Walters, RWA, dropped 3% on a Q2 trading update. I put amber stroke green. So what that means is I, I like the company still. I think it's a very good long-term investment, hence the green bit. Um, but I'm just amber neutral on the current performance because it's obviously saying, you know, they've got a worsening of revenue trends in Q2 up against tough prior. It's a staffing group, a good, decent business, I think. Um and forecasts have been lowered quite a lot already. Uh, but if you take a medium to long term view, Robert Walters and uh, S3, which is ticker STEM, I still think they're very good. And obviously, if you buy them now, you get them cheaper, don't you? And long term should be fine. So I've concluded that's exactly what I've concluded. Short version should be fine long term, short term uncertain on Robert Walters. Uh, Peel Hunt, Graham looked at quite likes that we think these investment banks look interesting at the moment because obviously you know business is dire but that's the uh, so the share so the shares are cheap but they've got good balance sheets and obviously if you take a, a long-term cyclical view the time to buy them is when the share price is crapped out isn't it and the valuation's cheap so uh, we we think that whole sector is quite interesting and graham um flagged up numis as a good one and of course they had a takeover approach so um you could see more more, more mergers and takeovers there it's an interesting sector for contrarian value investors we think uh AO world graham looked at he's amber on that i don't rate AO world um, but as we've said before, you know, it, the, the news flow is positive and the shares look like they're in an uptrend. So, you know, if you're a trader, you just ignore the fundamentals, don't you? And just say, well, look, other people seem to think it's good and it's going up. And there's a lot to be said for that. If you can make money, it doesn't matter, doesn't matter how you achieve it. Now, continuing with the electrical retailers theme, I looked at Curry's, C-U-R-Y. I'm red on this. I really don't like it. Uh, mainly due to balance, substantial balance sheet risk. The whole business hinges on to over two billion of trade creditors. So if those trade creditors, you know, suddenly decide they want cash on delivery, it's game over. You couldn't plug that. Uh, you couldn't plug that gap with any other f- type of funding. It's too much. Now I'm not saying that's going to happen. The trade creditors might be perfectly happy to extend credit uh, indefinitely, and it could be fine. I'm just saying it's a risk. Uh, not, I'm not predicting what's going to happen. Why take the risk? Now, this is the big thing. The dividend's been cut because of uh, it's got really big substantial pension contributions, buybacks, and generous dividends. It's been doing all that, and it hasn't generated the cash flow to do it, not by anywhere near. I've analysed the figures and point out that actually the free cash flow was only enough to service the pension fund and nothing else so the share buybacks and the generous divvies have all come out of increased debt so that's not sustainable and I do uh, actually um, claim some credit for the fact that I pointed out over six months ago I think it was in December 22 that the dividend yield the high dividend yield occurs is not sustainable Um, and I've been proven right on that so it's good uh, it's nice when uh, you know, those sort of predictions of doom um, prove correct. But you could really, I mean, the most cursory look at the accounts, you could clearly see it wasn't generating enough cash flow to do uh, to have generous dividends. And the balance sheet's rickety. So, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bother with curries. Too high risk. If you absolutely have to invest in an electrical retailer, the three I've covered, curries is a... Air World is a... And Mark's Electrical is a yee. Well, it's a bit expensive, MRK, but it's the best business out of those three. It's the smallest, so it's got the biggest growth potential. It makes the best 
operating margin because it's lean and efficient. Um, so yeah, Mark's Electrical, thumbs up, we like that, but it's too expensive for what it is. And I don't really want to invest in the sector at all anyway. Right, on to Friday, which I did solo as usual, and I was quite pleased with the support. I only covered four companies, but did them in some depth. Pod P, so P-O-D-P, that company's called Podpoint. Now, I'm really just, again, warning readers away from this one. I think it's, uh, I don't think it's got a viable business model. Look, look in the archive for where I looked at it in detail. Well, anyway, the CEO's been kicked out, um, and I uh, make some comments on the CEO's background uh, who looks like one of these sort of wide-eyed eyed visionaries who uh, just burn cash doing something almost evangelical about setting up all these electrical vehicle charging points. But, uh, you know, they're basically subsidising um, people who have them installed, which is what you, you, know, you expect governments to do, not companies that want our investment. So anyway, it's got a big cash pile remaining. Um, but anyway, I think Podpoint looks uh, has got to prove to, to us that it's actually a viable business. And the, the, the chairman and other directors have obviously decided that too, and they've kicked out the CEO. So we'll keep watching it, and if the business model changes, I'll change my mind. But as things stand, Podpoint is a definite avoid for me. Now, Wandisco, I hold this one, unfortunately. I got caught, or, caught out on this um, fraudulent trading updates that they were putting out in 2022, which I believed, because, I mean, it never enters your head that, you know, a fairly long-established UK-listed company worth nearly a billion pounds is going to be... Uh, telling blatant lies about uh, its order bookings. And we're meant to believe that the CEO and CFO didn't know anything about it. Well, you'd have to have your brain replaced by a parboiled cauliflower to believe that. But anyway, we'll see. Let's hope they get hauled up in the courts in America because it's got a lot of big, uh, deep-pocketed American investors where they can prove their innocence in a court of law. Or not, as the case may be. Anyway, the reason I don't want to waste time on Wendisco, basically, but it's, it's they've rescued something. It's done a placing at 50p, a 96% discount to the pre-suspension price, which was obviously totally artificial. Uh, $30 million fundraise. So there is something there, and look, we never know. I'll never get my money back. I'm not going to average down on it. I'm just going to have it as a little thing at the bottom of my portfolio to as a reminder not to believe sales bookings figures. You have to see audited accounts with the actual, uh, you know, if that means paying more, that's fine. But I'm not going to buy shares just on contract win announcements and order bookings. It has to be money in the bank because it's too easy to fabricate these things, as one disco has taught us. MJ Gleason, one of my favourites. Um, I've a uh, very nice trading update, I thought, given the circumstances. It's done a capital markets day, so I'll see if I can find the slides or a video or something online for that. Um, yeah, thumbs up from me. I think um, there's some very interesting angles on Gleason. So um, have a look at Friday's report. For I went through that in quite a bit of depth. Covering bull and bear points, we try to keep it balanced. We're not promoting any share. Uh, we We just try to get to the truth now i had a close look at hunting as well htg the engineering group um shares went up 22 percent on thursday sorry we didn't have time to do it on thursday but i covered it on friday that's quite an interesting sector so do have a look at that one i think that's it for the week uh thanks again for all the fantastic reader comments oh a couple of things that happened after hours after i finished friday's report there was osb which i think is some sort of 
uh, mortgage specialist mortgage lender. The readers were discussing that dropped about thirty percent. So something horrible has happened there. Um, that is above my market cap limit. Although the, looking at the way things are going, that might be coming into the small cap, small to mid cap sphere that we do cover. So sorry for anyone who got caught on that. I started to have a, have a look at Crichton's C R L Crichton's. This is the it dropped eight percent on in, on results for March 2023. This is a smaller independent group that makes um, oh sort of creams, you know, face creams and and tanning things. It's got a portfolio of products. Um, it was a weird. It's a strange share for many many years. It just bumped along as a nano cap worth hardly anything. And then it really quite seriously multi-bagged as some of its products took off. Um, <coughs> but it's lost about three quarters of the of that bull run more recently where they had all sorts of supply chain problems and various other problems. But it does seem to be starting to turn itself around um, in the final results to March 23. It flags up the H2 recovery and it splits splits out H1 performance, which I think was break-even, and then H2 is much, much better. Oh, here we are. 0.3 million operating profit in H1, 0.3, and then 1.3 operating profit in H2. So that's a clear improvement, isn't it? So um, it might... There was no divvy. Um, the balance sheet's not too bad. 11 million in, in net tangible asset value. Might be having you... Worth you having a fresh look at Grayton's. Strange little company in a way, but um, uh, you know, uh, if they can if they can continue improving performance, then uh, it could get it, the shares could get the mojo back. So, but it was eight percent down on publication results. Maybe there could be still an overhang in in the shares. So one for the watch list, perhaps, rather than jumping diving in at this stage. I don't know. And finally, Alpha Financial Software. That plummeted from £1.93 to £1.47. So I had a quick look at that, and bid talks are off. This is another one where I think, you know, it really does make sense to sell in the market as soon as bid talks are announced and shares gap up in price. I did that with BOTB. I just don't want to take the deal risk at the moment because we are seeing quite a few of these tentative uh, bid approaches fall through. So I do do if you get lucky enough to get some takeover bids do carefully consider maybe whether it's best to just um, uh, I don't think we're in the right market conditions for higher competing bids to be likely so it's and but whereas some deals are falling through aren't they we've had quite a few of them recently I think it's best to just play it safe and sell in the market or you can split it and sell some of them or do whatever you want but I'm just saying I think this is an alpha financial uh, software is another one that reinforces my view that selling in the market quickly is the best option in these very uh, wobbly markets. Okay, on that note, I will uh, love you and leave you. Or rather, I'll take a break before I record part two. Thank you very much for listening. I love your feedback. I'm not on Twitter at the moment, by the way. I've lost my password. And I haven't been banned again. I've just lost my password. And I can't I can't get back on. And I think maybe it's for the best that I don't go back on Twitter. Because it just wastes so much time. So um, comments on Stockopedia rather than Twitter, please. Thank you. And bye for now. Bye.